It's all things MMA Saturdays on Casey Law. It's Ken with you uh, again, as always, joined uh, by Miles Price, head coach of Team Rhino Kilkenny. Uh, how are you, Miles? Hey, Ken, how's it going? I'm all good. Thanks very much. How's your week going? Uh, so far, so good. Uh, thank you very much. Not not doing too bad. We're in uh, lovely new warm surrounds for today in different studios. Uh, and uh, as as a bonus uh, today as well, uh, we're joined by uh, Team Rhino head coach, Andy Ryan. How are you, Andy? How are things? Not bad, lads. Glad to be with you this morning. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for taking the time out, Andy. Um, we've, yeah, we've we've been doing a, a lot of talking over the last couple of uh, weeks and months about uh, MMA on on the local level. Uh, we usually kind of walk through events and, and kind of upcoming fights and cards and see how things are going. Um, but given that we have the opportunity to to speak with yourself, uh, we'd like to to turn turn the clock back a little bit. People across Carlow and Kilkenny will be familiar with the origins of Team Rhino Kilkenny. And we've had Miles on a lot and we've had Mick on, Mick Brennan, talking about uh, how the, the club there has, has gotten set up and how fighters are, are coming through. But for Team Rhino Kilkenny to exist, Team Rhino had to exist. So maybe maybe take us a little bit back, if, if you could, and, and how how the origins came about. Yeah, no, so um, I come from a, a judo background and um, like and most people here in Dublin, we are boxed at some stage of your life, so... Um, I did a little bit of kickboxing and other stuff. So we had done a bit of all type of martial arts. And um, I suppose judo and grappling was the one I was good at and, and the one I sort of stuck to. Um, so I've done judo for a long time. And near the end of my judo career, maybe the late 90s and stuff, um, with the help of my judo coach, a fellow called Norma Caprani, who is actually 75 years old now. I still run him now, still train with him. But... Um, he, he was very much very open-minded in that, you know, there's more than judo when he'd have us doing mad shit, making up stuff and we'd be bleeding, killing each other and stuff. Anyway, but <laughs> at the same time, um, I got introduced to John Cavanagh um, through Peter Donnelly. They were, this MMA thing had started to pop up. And really, that's where I sort of looked out and said, oh, there's something good here. So we all know sort of what happened then over a few years. We were, well, we were actually called Horizon Martial Arts, I think it was. Some shit like that. He made up. He seen it on a blade poster or something. Something. Was a bit of <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, we had something like that. A full circle or some shit. Like I couldn't tell you. Something. He was one of them. You know. But anyway, um, that's the sort of the starting blocks of of the team right now where it was sort of born from. Where there was guys like Jerry O'Grady. God rest him, passed away. Him. Uh, you know, there was Peter Donnelly, the father of John Donnelly, who. Nobody really gives him the. He was one of the first founders of MMA in Ireland. A lot of people wouldn't know that. He was one of the first guys that put me and John together and Dave Roach and other guys. And a fella that he toy boxed, he did judo, he wrestled, he did every type of martial art, you know, and he would come and train. And he had us doing all that type of stuff. And then yeah. um, even before there was any gyms, you know, we used to go to a fella called Willie Hanlon had a, had a gym in. Um, the North Strand and be opening his boxing ring and just try and box and do judo and mix it together. We hadn't got a clear really. But that's the sort of the the the, the grass sort of roots of, of where it sort of came from. And then we went our SBG way. But it was really 2005 that Team Rhino came up came around. Um 2005 we sort of went full time in Fingless. And full time not real realizing how good we really were or how knowledgeable we were, thinking that everyone else around the world was better than us. You know, uh, but, but but they weren't. Um, we, we learned that, you know, as you go on, you think because you're from a small country that, oh, hang on, you know, there used to be a, a thing in the judo, you know, you might fight, fight a fella, and if you even look Japanese, before you went out, you'd lost. 
he might be from down the road, you know what I mean? He might be bleeding brutal. <laughs> so it was that type of Irish thing that you hadn't got that confident mentality, you know. Um, and the only good thing for me was when I did start the gym with the lads, I travelled all over the world to judo and I'd seen what elite training was and how they train and the type of lifestyle and the commitment. And, and it's not two nights in the week, of the week, you know. It's it's your life. So we tried to introduce that a little bit at the time in Team Rhino in, in Fringles. We weren't even called Team Rhino at the time. But that was 2005 was really the grassroots. That's, that, that's the... You know, we'd five or six years of messing about, and that was 2005 when we sort of went a bit serious. Mm-hmm. And then we grew from there. It was a five-year growing stage then. And we, we, I jumped in the deep end. I opened a huge big gym in Baldoyle. Probably a lot like what John Cabinet and the guys have now. I had that in 2006, 2007. But it was the time the Celtic Tiger was just about to crash, and I invested all my life savings in the place. We had two floors. We saw in the showers cage, full-time cage in the gym, full-time boxing ring in the gym, a big man area. It was really, really good. And me not being a business person and treating this, what we do, like a hobby, instead of saying, no, hang on a minute, I'm a professional coach or I'm a professional athlete. This is my job. I was sort of, I wouldn't say embarrassed by it. You know, oh, hang, what do you do? Oh, um, teach martial arts. Well, that's not really a job. And that's in the sports the two nights a week. We have that thing in Ireland where in America are, you know, countries around Europe, you're a sports coach, a professional coach. That's your job and you're proud of it. So we had that little bit here. Um, and I'd be afraid to charge money and, you know, oh, geez, devaluing yourself, you want to say. So I end up, that gym fell apart. We lost everything because the Celtic Tiger sort of crashed and then all these Ben Dunn type of gyms opened. And I was running that type of gym with an amateur and hobbyist mentality. You know what I mean? Wasn't being mm-hmm. a businessman about it, you know, and wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't putting my my credentials in it. I was always embarrassed or always trying to hold myself back, and you know. So we learned from that. We lost our ass, and then um, we went to a smaller gym, Kilbarrick, back to Baldoyle. But we really started to grow again in Baldoyle, and then coming into Fingers, back to Fingers again. You know, all of a sudden, our guys who had come through the rough stages and the building blocks from that 2005 to 2010. All of a sudden, we're making waves in the cage where you're seeing. And uh, all of a sudden, then, we, we had lads, Miles, you know, had come back to us. And we'd, we had Redzer, and we had um, Siri. All of a sudden, we're big names in cage warriors. You know, like, I think Redzer's one of the longest fight win streaks in cage warriors. And Neil Siri was the fourth flyweight champion. And I think uh, Miles will tell you there, a few nights in the Helix. The Helix, I think, were the pinnacle of Irish MMA, them nights. Yeah. You know, that was, people grew from them. I think one night we had five fighters, five wins. We always had great nights. So that's the bubble of where we came from. But at the same time, our whole gym, sort of background and, and, our, and our, core, um, our core sport was always grappling, judo, wrestling, that type of stuff, uh, jiu-jitsu. So people forget that sometimes. So we're a jiu-jitsu gym. You know, I'm a tour degree black belt under Rodrigo Madeiras. I'm very proud to, to represent his team here, BJJ Revolution team. And, you know, I've travelled the world with them and, and, and what I've learned as well, you know, geez, the Irish guys are good. We're good. Okay, you go to Brazil, there might be a hundred fellas is better than you, but you can hold your own with the fuckers, you know, you can get stuck in with them. And um, I think we don't give ourselves enough praise sometimes, you know, we, we do, it's a, I think it's an Irish thing. So I think for people, Team Ryan is not just MMA, we're Jiu-Jitsu, MMA, wrestling, Judo, we're a martial arts team. That's the main thing, you know, and that's the main thing I'm trying to push. Would you say that, Miles, or what would you think? Oh, 100%. Like, you know, uh, it's just an all-around mixed martial arts platform. Like, you know, 
I, I couldn't have said that better myself. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and I feel like until you actually go into the gym and you experience that and each individual martial art and how diverse it is, and uh, it's 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 very hard to run a gym, a mixed martial arts gym, because it is so diverse. Uh, I'd say you could probably relate to that as well, Andy. Like you know, obviously, yeah. like you know that. Yeah, I think, like I think outside of outside of SBG, the HQ and the big one like that, they sort of are doing a bit of everything. They're a big brand, and you know, and the whole Connor thing, and they've been very successful, and they've a lot of pro fighters there. But most successful gyms here are one or the other. So East Coast Jiu Jitsu is Jiu Jitsu, and the best in the country, mm-hmm. probably one of the best in Europe now. They mm-hmm. just concentrate on Jiu Jitsu, so it's easier just to do the one sport, you know, where with us were sort of. Some lads are nogi, some lads are amateur MMA, some lads are pro MMA. We do got lads doing Jiu Jitsu, we got lads just doing keep fit to be fit. So it's hard to, to sort of to, to put your, your time and your effort through all these, you know, different different aspects of the game. Do you guys do you guys recall your first encounter? Uh, yeah. Andy, I- <laughs> you didn't you didn't recall our first encounter bringing up that bringing up your first building. I walked in there when it was SBG Northside and you were like, Who's this fucking this weirdo walking in each other? I still say that now when you walk in. <laughs> you never saw a country lad in your life. <laughs> you didn't no, even know what the saw, accent I was. Walked, I never saw a country lad wearing leggings and women's boots, like half boots <laughs> and like uh, some sort of women's hat in them and all carrying a cat. You know, my is very uh uh, extravagant <laughs> and still is. I think he wore bleeding Ugg boots one time, did you, Miles? Oh, I, you? Love me Ugg. I love me Ugg boots, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that, didn't, but that didn't go down well in the north side of Dublin, not really. No, I had to, I had to hang around the lads to stay protected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but be honest with you, like it's only now for me the last maybe, maybe since we sort of finished the UFC that I sort of look back and I say, I have a good, I have a couple of lads in my gym. Um, business fellas that give me advice and stuff and so even little things with my affiliates and seminars I used to not say I'd say oh, yeah, I don't know I'll just I'll do a seminar you, I'll just give me what you have or oh, there's nothing to be an affiliate I was very embarrassed and then someone said hang on a minute you, you've worked 20 years to build your team you know you have to be professional this is your job mm. um, I remember a guy Mick Doyle he's a very successful gym in America um, Doyle's gym um, a couple of fighters in the UFC and He's a very, he was a very famous toy boxer. But he moved to America and um, he was doing private. He was telling me with this uh, fucking solicitor or barrister or lawyer, whatever you want to call him over there. And your man said to him, how much, do you, much is it for a private? And he said, uh, uh, I don't know, just give me $20. And he said, oh, you mustn't be too good, are you? And he said, why? Well, he said, you want to even talk to me? Before I do any work for you, it's $300 to sit down and talk to me because I, ser- I spent so many years in college and I worked my whole life to get to where I am. What have you done? What type of coach are you? Well, he said, well, I'm a world toy boxing champion. I'm this champion. I'm that champion. He's now a black belt in jiu-jitsu. I'm not, okay, and you're, you're only $20 an hour? He said, you know, you've got to cop on here. So, we, so Mick gave me that little advice as well, you know, with the gym. It's not, I even say to Miles, explain to Miles, if Miles is, has someone in his gym that comes and joins the gym and Miles, and be, down the road he becomes a professional. Well, Miles is not in his corner or I'm not in Miles' corner for a six-week camp or an eight-week camp and a 15-minute fight. Miles has my 20 years of experience and the last 10 years of training in that mm-hmm. corner. And that's where we have to value, we, we, we embarrass ourselves a little bit. I've talked to, um, the AK, AKA coach in America and I've talked to McDonald and I've talked to other fellas and, and how we do how you do things you've got to be professional if you're running a professional outfit 
you've got to be a prof- professional. And I think in order we don't sometimes. Sometimes we, oh, we're all pals. It's, you know, it's a hobby. It's not a hobby. It's my full-time job. Why not mm-hmm. do anything else? It's your full-time job now, Miles, is it? Yeah, it is 100% yeah. my full-time job, yeah. Except for your naked butler. Butlery. Except, except for that. <laughs> That's that. Oh, sh- I told you not to tell anyone that. <laughs> I, th- I think that might have come up on a podcast somewhere along the lines yeah, before. It I was, think uh, it has actually it was yeah. a bit of a weird, a bit of a weird experience. But you're right, Andy. I mean, it is, it is an unfortunate part of the Irish psyche where we're just like, whether it's whether it's uh, pure modesty or trying to be nice about things or just lacking the confidence to stand up and go, I am, I am a pro. Pay me what I am worth, and this is. This is this is what I am made of, but that that kind of opens that kind of opens the the gates to what I what I wanted to touch on, which was on the uh, a, a kind of a cross between where where we are now with the with the current state of play with Irish MMA and where things could be going, because we've had you know over the over the last couple of months lockdowns and arguments over sporting events and what's an elite sport and what's not an elite sport what's a professional sport what's not a professional sport why can these guys train why can't those guys train um when we're when well we're ta- I, 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 i'll give you i give you an easy answer for that so your national governing body set out the criteria so we have a national governing body the Irish mixed martial arts association so they can set out the criteria and say if you're a professional athlete or you're an elite elite amateur that's that competes on the imaf scene you can train because that's who sets the ball. If you're not rec- if we're not saying you're not recognised by Sport Ireland, or when you do get recognised by Sport Ireland, they leave it down to the individual of the sports to set that standard. The gymnastics have done it. Other people have done it. You know. So if you're an if you're an athlete that that gets paid, you can train. If you're an athlete that's a high level competitor, international competitor, you can train. Why would it be a difference for a fella in a local GEA club without training and us that we train? Like it's your job, Miles. So why can't yeah. you train? And you can train. The rest of the lads in the gym can't, but your pro lads can, or your team can't. Yeah, exactly. So let, let's take that. Let's take that back a, a, a little step. Then, how do you how do you see the how do you see the current state of the Irish scene from where things are from an MMA point of view? Um, I think up before the COVID, it was very very good uh, because I know that OIMA are making big big waves with, with the backing of OIMA with the government here. There've been some some huge big meetings. And there's some, there's some other meetings going on with Danny Corn, the lads in the North Bay News coming soon, and I think it's it, it's going in the right direction. Um, I know that the government are involved. I was only in a meeting last week with people um, to do with the sports. So it's hotting up all the time. There's guys doing a lot of work behind the scenes, and it's going to be good, good news. I can tell you that for a fact. Um, I think that IMAF was the biggest thing that could happen to MMA. Because what we have to try and explain to people, when we see UFC or we see Bellator or we see whatever on the TV, Cage Warriors on the TV, that's probably 1% of the MMA fighters in the whole of the country on that, you know. And there's probably 60 to 70% of the guys that never want to get into a cage or a ring. So you have to have the sport element of it. Mm. And IMAF does that. Um, we've, br- we've, br- they've brought in a, a whole coaching core system, different levels. They've brought in the child protection. They've brought in a grading system. Like any other martial art, and that's was meant to happen. Two of them were meant to happen this year. We were meant to have two. One was in Cork in October. The other one was in Belfast in November. And it was going to be a weekend, and the holiday the weekend was. There was going to be coaches meeting. There was going to be a coaching course. There was going to be a health and safety uh, child protection course. There was going to be um, a grading, and there was going to be a national squads trials for the whole of the country on them two dates, and that'd be put up next year. So we had big things going to happen. So 
for the likes to say, Miles has a club there down at Kilkenny, okay. And Johnny and Jimmy walk into place and they don't want to get in and do, you know, five, five minute rounds sparring and getting punched around the place. But they love the sport of martial art and they want to learn all the moves and the positions and they want to keep fit and they want to do some sort of grade system what their kids do. That That's going to happen now for them. You know, and the other thing as well is it's going to hopefully stop guys having two fights and going pro. You know, what a yeah. joke. If you can't win yeah. on the Amherst scene, or hang on, you go to them Mass or any of them tournaments and medal, well, then go pro. You know, you don't see amateur boxers having the first two fights and throwing a pro or five fights. They, they go through the system. Novice, you know, intermediate, senior, elite, they're sort of four stages. And hopefully that's what we should be trying to push with the amateur. You know, go through the stages, get yourself up to a certain level. You go to the IMAF events, they're unbelievable. You're there and your, your team tracks you. There's athletes from all over the world. You're on the one warm-up area. You're not different changing rooms. There's no music walking out. You're there with the guy. You're getting in the case to fight. There's two guys waiting outside for, to come in for the next fight. You know, it's a competitive competition. It's not this one-night event, you know, drink involved. And it's, there's hundreds of guys and, guys and girls fighting from all over the world. Shaking hands after then you go back to the changing room and you're the big man. You're mixing with Brazilians, French, Japanese, Irish. It's brilliant. There's no bullshit. Yeah. It's really, really puts the sports part to it. And it shows you how good or how bad we are. You know, um, we're good, but we need to step it up a little bit. There's countries going ahead of us now. Countries are taking it serious. When we were at the last World Championships in Bahrain, the Kazakhstan team mm. sent a team out to Bahrain a month before the event to get acclimatized and train. They sent out a team of 65 people, coaches, physios, doctors, and athletes. Oh, my God. You know, yeah, Bahrain team, yeah, Bahrain team, Russian team doing the same. Now, we still took a few medals. Um, we still took a few, but, we, but we're going to fall behind if we don't get professional like the way these are gone. It very much reminded me of going to the judo events. You go to a judo event, it's like that. You know, it's very, very, very serious. And all these Russian countries, all these uh, big teams are now taking it serious. Mm. Like they're, you know, it, and the game as well. They're playing the game. So it's not about coming out and bursting yourself in the first fight. You know, you go out there and you have a killer of a, of a fight. You're fairly medical the next morning, you're out of the tournament. You know, the amateur sport's a little bit different. Box, wrestle, control, win the round. Box, wrestle, mm-hmm. control, win, win the round. That's the way it is. You can see it on the scene there, you know. So how, how do we get things to that level? I mean, we, we've seen it... On the other side of things, we see it in we see it in boxing, we see it in rowing, we see it in in virtually every other sport. So how how do we get to that point where Irish teams and Irish clubs can be sending you know x amount of people out to Bahrain or out to the states? Well, or well, well we are doing it, but what we need to do is what we what we need to push is still a little tiny bit of it. We need to push is that when you're on that Irish team, you're not Team Rhino, you're not SBG, you're not Gracie Bay, you're not Satori, you're not one of these gyms. You are Team Ireland. We are teammates. You know, the coaching guys that go out there to give you your time. Like, I, I was at one event in Italy. I wonder if it was giving me the phone to record and warm it up. I need to bounce the phone off the head. You know, when you coach, have a bit of fucking respect. You know? But that's, that's you know, that's because people think that the superstars, you know, which is good having a good positive attitude, but you got to be respectful as well. There's coaches coming out there. Um, like, Dino Wade's gym in, in uh, Blanchetown. Yeah, probably yeah. the most successful IMF gym. Jim, they've taken more medals. A couple of world champions. His own son Alex has medal four times. He's racing the medal four times. Four times. Very good. Dino, Dino have nearly, I'd say, ten medals in that gym. I math medals. Really, because they train and play that game. There's no pros there at the moment, so they're still in that 
amateur bubble with his great lads competing. And Dino is a great coach. When we go away, uh, myself, Dino, and Liam Oak uh, work together. Uh, if lads come over, Paddy Hillman uh, was there, Philip <coughs> uh, uh, Peter was there, Kieran Davern, all these lads are there. They help out, we all get stuck in and we help each other out. But we, there's still a tiny divide of teams, you know. You need that mm. out, out. We need plenty of squad sessions. Realistically, what we would lo- like to have is four provinces, squads are in the provinces every, every say, couple of weeks, and every every three months we have a national squad where you come together. But you must go to the national squad and develop. Fellas think because they're a superstar, they don't go. You know, like, I'll give you one there. Uh, Lee Hammond, world champion, all right? Mm-hmm. Wins the Worlds. Goes up the north to fight. Rings me, I, I'm going to be late in the squad tomorrow. I said, no, Lee, don't worry about it. You have to fight the night before. No, no, I don't, I don't want to miss out. That guy was willing to come and train the next day after having a fight. That's what we want. You know, yeah. we want guys that, that they're not too big for the boost. They're not like, he was had to be now training with Connor and training abroad. He still was coming to the squad session. He still was coming yeah. enough. He still came around and thanked all the coaches. He, he lost in the last world. He still came around and thanked us all. Thanks very much for your help, lads. Thanks for, you know. But we need a good bond with the coaches. And it's great yeah. to have lads. And we've got more of them to help us out one of the, the, the sessions. So really what we need is, is that if we have our squad sessions on, okay, we put them around the country, you know, Cork, Dublin, Belfast, say, the three, sort of three areas. And we say, okay, we're up the north. Is there anyone up the north? Hang on, go on to Liam Shannon. Liam has a couple of good pros there. Liam, can you come down with your lads and help out the squad session? You know, we're in Cork. You get on to lads. The lads have great experience down there in Cork, you know, especially with the uh, uh, Liam's guys, you know, world champion there, Ryan, get in and help out, you know, might be down there and say, listen, Jess, I might give one the jiu-jitsu lads, show. Liam, you know, from BJ Cork, any chance come down to do jiu-jitsu with the lads. I think we need everyone to help out and build yeah. that big team, you know, so when we go away, we're very, very much, we're not meeting for the first time when we get to the hotel, we've been with each other all year, training hard, we're a team, and that's mm-hmm. the main thing. Do you, do you and, see, um, sorry, Miles? Go on, Ken. No, well, I was going to, it's kind of pitch it to you, Miles, as well. I mean, do you see much? Uh, I may, maybe I see. Maybe it's just maybe it's an online thing. Maybe it's just haven't haven't been at different events where you see there there seems to be a very very uh, like rivalry between teams and between clubs can be can be a big thing. Like certain people don't like certain people just because it's a particular gym or. or that's that, okay. That, that's okay as well on the pro scene, and mm. I think on the amateur scene, no, because. Like the amateur saying you should be fighting every couple of weeks. So what we get beaten? This is the thing I say to the lads. I don't mean so what you get beaten, but what's the big deal if your record is 10 and 5 as an amateur? You haven't even gone pro yet. That's a great record. You go to the UIMAS, you might win your first three days and you lose then. They took a bronze medal. How did you do that three or four times that year? You've lost three or four fights. So what? You've won fucking eight or nine, you know, 10 fights. Yeah. So I think it's like imagine going to the jiu-jitsu tournament and, own, and and if you lost you just retire. You're going to lose loads of tournaments or you might medal at one or not medal. So the sport end of it has to come in. Now for the pro game is different. You know, it's different. Lads don't want to get that losing record and, and want to fight the right fights because they're looking to get signed with the big, the, big, the big company or the big show. But as an amateur, experience, experience. You tell me an amateur boxer that has an unblemished, unbeaten record. I wouldn't say there's too many. I think my no. nephew, my, my nephew has something like 250 wins and 30 losses or something like that over mm. so many year period. You know what I mean? Because they're competing all the time, and that's what we need to do. You know, and you go to these IMAs and you meet guys, and they have 20 and 30 MMA fights. Air lads have two or three. You know, you need to yeah, compete. Yeah, big difference compete. in experience. Yeah. And in regards to uh, in regards to like, let's say for instance one of the young prospects up in Team Rhino HQ, like there's plenty of them up there now, a lot of young lads coming up through the ranks yeah. now and 
like if they want to say get like funding and they get like do you know the way in boxing you can sign grants yeah well that that would be great to work towards that would yeah, that, that, that that's a long way away like even with the mm. boxing only only the elite lads get medals although he's on the judo i got i was on a grant but it only works if you get international results all right, so first of all, our, our, our association will have to be recognised. That's going through the, the process then. And then you will be able to put in for, you know, certain amounts of money or grants. So I'll give you an example. Should you put out the thing there for what, what the sports got this year? Like, Judo's an Olympic sport, only got 24,000. So what's MMA, what's MMA going to get? Nothing. So forget about that at the moment. Mm. You know, forget. But the other thing is that, even without, forget about the guy fighting first. For you to survive and you to build that club, you need all the other stuff for. See, the problem with MMA is MMA started at the top. We started with guys, Siri and all these fellas in the UFC. But we had no grassroots. We had no kids coming through. We had no health and safety. We had no child protection. We had no grading system. We had no coaching course. Where most other sports start the opposite, start from the bottom and work their way up, white belt up to black belt. We were had lads that were black belt and nobody below them were, you know, were learning or doing anything. So it will change and it will change over the years, but you've got to be positive about it, you know? How do you see the impact of the likes of, uh, you know, the, the Cage Warriors side of things? I know they were, they were putting shows back on the Irish scene this year before they were pulled. I know you have a, a handle in the, the Cage Warriors Academy. You've got uh, Bellator coming in. You had Bama before that. You had UFC were due here in August. How, how do you see the impact of, of those big shows and organisations choosing to stage events in Ireland uh, on the Irish scene, on, on, you know, whether it's amateur or pro? Yeah, well, it's going to be all pro, isn't it, for them, you know? Um, Cage Warriors are the only ones to sort of look after a few amateurs. Um, it would be great if all the big shows, you know, outside the USC, say, you know, do it like four even, you know, amateur prospects coming up through the rankings would, would be good. But I think uh, the likes of Cage Warriors is great for the, for the, the Irish or UK guy because the Bellator USA are you're going to be very few are going to get signed. The likes of the Reds are the Miles that I experience have gone through Cage Warriors, UFC, KS2, all them things brave. They'll get signed, but the Cage Warriors is really good that they're putting on plenty of shows. You've got three shows in London mm. and they want Irish guys. They want guys to fight, you know. Okay, you're not getting the huge money that Bellator has, but you're getting good exposure and you're getting good, good you're getting looked after well. All right, and it's going to build you on a platform to get to a certain level and a certain stage. There's Reese McKee gets, you know, got to the USC from it, you know, yep. two yeah. tough fights, but uh, you know, he's done really well. And, and there's Ian Gary there, he's making a name for himself. And just, just the two boys in Cork, the brothers in Cork, you know, there's loads of good guys at the moment, and they're all going to the Cage Warriors brand, you know. And I think for the guys that are more experienced, uh, Bellator is good because you're getting the good money if you want to make money. And um, I think it's very, very good, and I think. I know some people slated it, but I think it's crazy to slate it. I know SPG have a big hold over, but they are the biggest gym in the country and, and, and they have the most pros, so I, I can't knock them there. If I was in the same position myself, I'd love it, you know. But um, to be fair with me, I will say that, and they've been good with air lads, you know what I mean? So I think I think if we can get a couple of more of them back in the south of Ireland, that's what you know. There's nothing really happening here for the amateurs. If we've got cage warriors in the south, We'd be really, really doing well. I know they were in Cork, but we got them back Dublin, Cork, Belfast. Then three dates would be great for Irish MMA because they will put on, you know, eight to ten amateur fights, and that would be the great thing for it. You know, uh, one of the great ones they done. We done a couple in Belfast, but they done a great one in Liverpool, where they had the main Cage Warrior show and the undercard was amateurs. I had Ivan and Constantine on it. It was great. We had a great night. 
the guys are treated like the pros. There's no difference. You know, Graham Boyle and Indian look after the lads. They're in a big venue fighting. So for them, as amateurs, they're on that big scene. They lose no big deal. They can fight again. If they win, it's great experience. But when they do get the pro call, oh, hang on, I fought in this cage. I fought in a big venue. I've done all the stuff behind the cage, uh, behind the stage that, they, that they, the pros do. I've done all the medicals. I've done all the hand wrapping. I've got warmed up with superstars in my change room. It doesn't mean anything to me, you know? I'm used to it. So I think it would be brilliant if cage warriors did come back to the south of Ireland. Miles how, Miles, how do you see it? Do we need, do we need more shows? Do we need, uh, uh, like, a, would we see Battlezone return or, or anything? Yeah, well, Battlezone was going to return until this bloody COVID. Well, we were meant to have it and we was we had the venue sorted and we had everything done. I spoke to Cold Blue on the Pillar Levy in the North and we were, I, actually what we were going to do was, I can tell you that now, is that we were on to Danny Carr and we were going to do an undercard of Ulster MMA versus Irish MMA give the lads a fight because we, we thought the worlds would have been on now in Bahrain mm. and it would, we were going to do this around September, October. It would have been a warm-up for the guys going to Bahrain, get as many of them as fights as they could, get them to do the whole, you know, the whole procedure of what you would do for the, 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 uh, for the worlds and then we were going to top it off with a couple of amateur belts. We weren't going to do any pros on it because uh, we weren't really structured for the pro game. Sure. Uh, for me, I feel like Andy hit everything on the head there. I, I, I definitely feel like we're kind of reverse engineering Irish MMA, you know, because everybody was very much, it is healthy competition in Ireland, you know, but for years, like, you know, Andy, Andy would know, like, of course, that like everybody fought against each other. We were our own competition for so many years and we were on very high, uh, high stake fights, you know, because they were pro. A lot of us only had like a background in boxing or a background in kickboxing or a bit of jiu-jitsu and we just jumped in and we fought like so that person who was up in Belfast might as well have been from the States, you know, or someone who was fighting from Cork, fighting in Dublin, might as well have been from there. So uh, as Andy was, was saying, we're trying to build um, in Irish MMA like a, a reputation that we're fighting for Ireland when we do come together and repetitively train throughout the years. And regardless of what team you're from, uh, you know, it should be seen as that, you know, because mm. that's that is the what all the big teams are doing, like Kazakhstan, as Andy was saying, and the the boxing scene that's been added for so many years, you know. And uh, Irish MMA, like, really, really needs to get there, you know, and it needs to have a strong root, like, you know. And it doesn't be said enough, but the likes of Andy and all the guys that work with him, like Dino, they're the saving grace of MMA in the future because, you know, if we don't have that structure to lead up to the pros, then everyone else is going to run ahead. That's mm-hmm. where it's at, you know. Um, we can't keep that same mindset of it's SBG versus Team Rhino or it's Team Rhino versus FAI or whatever it may be. Like, you know, it, it, we need to work together as a team on it all year round, you know. And I think working towards that place where um, an Irish MMA amateur makes a, makes a name for himself, gets a couple of medals and gets granted uh basically from the government a certain fee to help fund him and what he's looking to achieve. I mean, Irish MMA is on that, on that basis. Like, I mean, you don't hear about pro boxing really, like as much as you do MMA these days, you know, it's the sport that's in the limelight. So it's kind of an emergency and it needs to be. Yeah, done, but you know? that, it's not going to happen money-wise from the government. And, it's, and it's, if it did happen, it would be amateur. You know, once you go pro professional athlete, you forget about any grants or anything from the government, you know, forget yeah. about it, but it's not going to happen. Uh, and it's just a bad thing to say, but like maybe ten yeah, years down the yeah. 
just before just before we, we run out of time because we're, we're coming up against it Andy for for Team Rhino and bringing it back to Team Rhino what are the the hopes slash plans for 2021 get back regular training um, and like, never mind what we're going to do outside get I want all my affiliates I want them down in Dublin like we did we did it a couple of years where we did master classes over a couple of days so we got Robbie do a judo class we got Joe Clifford to do a boxing class Neil Syrian to do you know where we, his thing on, it was groundwork and striking from the bottom I guess so what we want to do is get all the affiliates in and we want to do sessions 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 and then me get around the country see me affiliates and get that teamwork building again what we were trying to do was before this lockdown I was trying to get all the the, the MMA guys from air affiliates together at least once a month and train together like a little team so okay we can't can't go to Dublin maybe, maybe the lads in Kilkenny and, and Carlo can get the lads in, in Wexford award let them link up the lads in Art make it down towards a certain day building on that team that's what I wanted and the jiu-jitsu thing I wanted to really push was because we sort of slacked off a little bit we had a great result there Not was it last year before we we took um, third and second in the IBGF Dublin Open it was unbelievable mm-hmm. Uh, we won the kids Irish Open unbelievable you know and that only works when we all come together and train together and yeah. we great help up the north a fellow called Robert Colhan. He, he really pushes the kids and we have a great team up there so getting everyone together and work together was the big thing what I was trying to do was was to get say okay two guys out of mine two out of mine two out of whatever one or two guys okay lads listen you're going to be the jiu-jitsu team let's go and pick not the OBGF let's go and pick the, these other type of Grapple Industries, all these types. Let's hit them. Let's try and hit them. Where does one on? There's one on in London, one on in um, Paris, one on in Dublin. Let's try and get there as a little group. Work together and let's start getting results. We sent lads over to Holland. I think the Butcher won the Black Belt Division, which is unbelievable. Yeah, it was. No one talked about it. No one rang him. No one asked to even interview him or, or see him after. Black Belt Division at a big tournament. Brilliant. Our lads yeah. cleaned up. We took loads of medals. So if we get a little team, little elite team like that together, it doesn't have to be 100 guys. Five or six to ten guys traveling, competing, helping each other out, backing each other up. That's what I want for next year. That's the plan for next year. And the other thing I just want to say as well is um, how you change as a coach. And um, I would have been very much a few years ago, I'd say to Siri or Donny, time to fight, right? We're going in here. Anyone's focus has on will wreck this bleeding kid, will kill, you know, very much. <laughs> you know, very, when I say, or if you see someone from a different gym is fighting some other big name, hope this cunt gets killed. You can't think like that. <laughs> no, but that—that's every nobody be honest to say that because you're always one thinking of your own. Is that a saying? Is that a saying? Yeah. No, okay, all right. Miles Price, he's from that team down the road. He's fighting. Yeah, but you know what? If he wins, that's big for Irish MMA. That makes the standard higher. I hope that Irish guy wins. Don't care if he's from a rival team. I hope he wins. Of course, if I'm fighting, my lads fight. John's guys all the time. But there's a healthy competition there. Me and John talk every week. We get on well, and I want my guys to beat him. And I'll be a little bit more competitive on the pro scene, but the amateurs, we, we amateurs, we might have a little laugh. You know, we might be laughing. You know, lads are going to be a bit slagging. Now you got me there. I'll get you the next one. And it's a little bit more friendly. The pros game a little bit more serious, but I never want another someone else or another opponent to do bad. I always want another guy to do good, and I think that's a healthy thing you should have, especially in Ireland, because I'm with my guy fighting Miles' guy, say, and. I'm saying, fuck that cunt. It can't be like that. They're saying, okay, I hope my guy beats him. If he loses, no problem, lost to a better guy. But we could be working together two weeks down the road with the Irish team. Or we could be in the same changing room at Bellator fighting two Americans. So we have to get on and have to help each other out. 
and, and I yeah. try and do it with all the shows. I see all the SPG guys, all the lads from FIOI. Wish them all the best. I send a few of the messages that I talk to. Um, King Cowley, I think he's a great fighter. I think he's been very unlucky in his fights. I don't mm. think we've seen the best of him. I send him a message now and again, best of luck, you know. I just think he's been unlucky. He's a great kid. Mm. He's fucking, you know, lads are doing well. You know, so if they're doing well, we're going to do well. You know mm. what I mean? Like, at that time with the, with the Irish MMA, if there wasn't that little, that little influx of cage warriors where Carl Pender, Chris Fields, Ashley and Daly, Conor McGregor, Neil Seary, Redzer, all won that time and went to the UFC, there would be no MMA in Ireland. You know, mm. you have to expose ourselves and we're doing it well. So you got to give everyone a little tap in the back. Now, still, it's competition. Yep. I'll still be a bit aggressive and I'll still be, you know, supporting and sharing with my own player, but I'm not going to wish any badness on, 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 on the opposition. I think it's fucking dickheadish. Mm. What do you think, Miles? I completely agree you with that. That's my script, yeah. <laughs> no, it is, it is, it is, it is. You have to remember, it's sport at the end of the day. Okay, we will be more serious on the pro end of it because it's people's livelihood and there's money being made and it's people's careers, but you got to be nice. You've got to be humble, I think. You've got to be humble. Yeah, 100% yeah. agree, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, as we, we just hit the, the time mark on this one, uh, Andy, I wanted to say thank you very much for taking no the time, time out of the day to have a chat. Uh, no That's full yeah, catch very up, much, Andy. Full catch-up on this interview is available on Spotify and all the usual good platforms. And we'll be back to do it all over again next Saturday for another helping of all things MMA.